This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Meal Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Meal Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mealtribune.com forward slash podcasts and read my blog, The Whole Dish, at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. The two most recent posts to my blog tell the tale of two lasagnas, as I like to think of it. First, a squash and kale lasagna with a delicious decadent white sauce. And then a more traditional, or what most people would consider more traditional, marinara sauce lasagna that's packed primarily with sausage. And this was sort of the iteration of this dish that I grew up with, although I've gravitated in my adulthood to things more like the squash lasagna, certainly lasagnas that have more vegetables, even vegetarian. I consider lasagna, as I confessed in the first post, to be more of a vehicle for stretching meat with some vegetables rather than showcasing protein. And so that's why in my mind, it's also more of a format than a recipe. I can put anything in lasagna. If I have no boil lasagna noodles on hand and ricotta cheese in the fridge, I can make lasagna out of just about anything else. It's those layers of cheese and noodles in my way of thinking, that really define the dish, not the other ingredients that are in between the layers. There are people who disagree, among them my own mom, for whom lasagna is this singular dish that she prepared to high praise from my dad when I was growing up, although I was often pretty ambivalent because, again, the copious amounts of sausage, and I'm talking like two pounds here, just didn't sit that well in my stomach. You know, it was really an indulgence, I thought, but yet it was a dish that we ate fairly regularly, I would say, maybe once a month. But in homage to that notion of lasagna that so many people hold dear, I posted a recipe that was originally published in the Chicago Tribune by James P. Dewan, who's a chef and food writer. And it's very simply titled lasagna, just a classic lasagna. And that recipe was posted November 12th to my blog under the headline, Sausage Laden Sauce Characterizes Classic Lasagna. I'm gonna give that recipe in this podcast, but also the butternut squash kale white sauce lasagna that was posted November 10th under the headline, Squash's image improves in white sauce lasagna. The headline referencing my kids' reception to squash, which is pretty tepid to say the least. When squash season starts, I anticipate months of dishes to try to make squash palatable to my five-year-old and seven-year-old sons. And this lasagna was one of my best attempts yet at getting them to eat squash with very few protests and not really picking it out of the entire dish. There was some ground meat incorporated in this. There were some chopped collard greens, which they eat in other things. And of course, the white sauce. It's like macaroni and cheese. 
is pretty hard not to like. So I considered this one a success of sorts. Acorn squash and kale lasagna. And in fact, I said butternut, but that's because I did prepare it with butternut. The original recipe called for acorn squash, but as I mentioned in the blog, you could use any type of hard shell squash for this pretty much. It's not really defined by the variety of squash. Originally published by Tribune News Service, and that's posted on November 10th to my blog, Squash's image improves in white sauced lasagna. It calls for one medium acorn squash. That's a somewhat small variety. So if you're using a butternut squash, for example, you may only need half of the butternut squash. If you're using something like a delicata, which are often on the smaller side, you might need two of those to equal the same quantity here. One cup ricotta cheese. That's whole milk or part skim, your choice. Two tablespoons butter, a quarter cup all-purpose flour, four cups whole milk, one-eighth teaspoon grated nutmeg, a half a teaspoon salt, plus more for sauteing and seasoning the kale mixture, a quarter teaspoon freshly ground black pepper, one and a half cups grated Parmesan cheese, and that's a divided use, two tablespoons olive oil, two garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced, two cups chopped kale. I used collard greens in mine just because I like those. I like that they are a little bit denser and the texture is more velvety, but you could use any kind of green in this, including chard if you happen to like that, or even spinach. Three tablespoons chopped fresh sage, 15 no-boil lasagna noodles. That's about one kind of standard size box and one cup shredded Parmesan cheese. That's in addition to the grated Parmesan cheese. Of course, if you also like mozzarella, that layer of sort of browned mozzarella on your lasagna, you could consider this because of the white sauce. It does brown nicely though and have that effect without a lot of cheese on top. It starts by preheating the oven to 375 degrees Fahrenheit. Have the squash lengthwise, discard the seeds, and roast in the preheated oven until tender for about 30 minutes. You could also just peel and cut the squash into chunks and roast those until tender. Sort of up to you whether you prefer that sort of caramelized texture and flavor or a milder sort of mashed squash. Let the squash cool slightly, then scoop out the flesh into a medium bowl and mash it with a fork. Stir in the one cup ricotta cheese. Reduce the oven temperature to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. And while the squash is roasting, you should be making the bechamel sauce. That starts by melting the two tablespoons butter in a saucepan over medium heat. When it bubbles, add the quarter cup all-purpose flour and cook, stirring continuously to prevent it from burning for about a minute until the flour no longer smells raw. Slowly add the four cups milk. There's probably enough quantity here. You don't really have to do it off the heat, along with the eighth teaspoon grated nutmeg. I like freshly grated nutmeg. I keep nutmegs in my spice cabinet, as well as a half teaspoon salt. And the quarter teaspoon, this calls for freshly ground black pepper, but I have mentioned in my podcasts on many occasions, I prefer white pepper and particularly in a white sauce. I think that that's a better choice. White peppercorns have become pretty widely available in the Rogue Valley, including at Food for Less in Medford, pretty much anywhere that has a bulk spice section. That's where I found it. Whisk that continuously 
into the white sauce and taste and add more seasonings if it tastes bland. So you want this to simmer and cook, stirring occasionally until the sauce is thickened enough to coat the back of a spoon. This is a large enough quantity of milk. Again, this is going to take a little while, about eight minutes. Then remove it from the heat and stir in a half a cup of the grated Parmesan. Now it's time to prepare the lasagna filling. And it starts by heating the two tablespoons olive oil in a medium saute pan over medium heat. Then add the two garlic cloves that have been peeled and minced and cook for about 30 seconds, being careful not to burn it, which garlic does easily. Then add the two cups chopped kale along with the three tablespoons chopped fresh sage and a pinch of the salt. Cook until the kale softened and that takes about four to five minutes. Now that your filling's done, it's time to assemble the lasagna. And this is a large quantity of sauce because you're using no-boil lasagna noodles. If you can't find those, again, they're widely available or you prefer to use the more traditional noodles that you boil first, probably won't need as much sauce. But of course, no-boil lasagna noodles rely on the entire casserole having enough moisture in it for those noodles to reconstitute in the pan. I actually had an issue with this when I made my version of this dish with butternut squash. It kind of skimped on the sauce a little bit. And I often don't sauce every single layer. Certainly when I'm using a marinara sauce, I find it sufficient to just put a layer on the bottom of the pan, a thick layer, a good layer, and then layer cheese and fillings with noodles, not sauce, and then top off the whole thing with my remaining sauce. And this time with my white sauce, that just did not work. My noodles didn't reconstitute fully and they were a little bit chewy in spots. So this quantity of white sauce really is necessary if you're intending to use no-boil lasagna noodles. It starts by spreading a half cup sauce on the bottom of a nine by 13 inch lasagna pan. Lay five of the lasagna noodles on top, overlapping them slightly. And you'll probably have to break the fifth noodle or so, so it fits into the end so they don't overlap too much. If they overlap too much, you run the risk of them not reconstituting fully as well. Spread half of the squash mixture on top of the noodles, then a half of the kale mixture, followed by one cup sauce. You want to cover the noodles. Again, sprinkle some grated Parmesan on top. Then repeat with a second layer of noodles, squash mixture, kale, sauce, and grated Parmesan. Add a third layer of noodles and top with the remaining sauce. Sprinkle the remaining grated Parmesan, as well as the one cup of shredded Parmesan evenly over the top. Bake on the center rack of the preheated oven, again, that's 350 degrees, until it's bubbly and slightly browned on top. This will take about 35 to 40 minutes. Cool for at least 10 minutes before serving. This is the advice with any lasagna, because you really need it to firm up and kind of solidify or it always falls apart when it's cut. I admit that I tend to rush this dish sometimes if my family is hungry and I'm sort of cutting it close to dinner time. And I'm never happy with the layers falling apart, like slopping over the sides of the plate as I'm trying to get it 
to the table. So if you can give yourself that 10 minutes, you're going to be much happier with the result in the end before cutting and serving. And this lasagna is delicious, of course, warm, but it's also a dish that you can make ahead for a gathering or just a lower stress kind of meal time and serve it at room temperature. That makes six to eight servings of acorn squash and kale lasagna posted November 10th to my blog, The Whole Dish, mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Two days later on the 12th, that's where you'll see the post for the classic lasagna with pork sausage and marinara sauce. That's under the headline sausage laden sauce characterizes classic lasagna as it does in many people's minds, including my parents. And it does call for one and a half to two pounds bulk Italian sausage, as well as the no boil lasagna noodles. Again, you could use the typical noodles that you have to boil ahead of time. I think it's better if you can pull it off, of course, for both lasagnas, if you can find a fresh sheet of pasta and cut it to fit your lasagna pan. That's kind of the ultimate this sausage is incorporated for the most part into the sauce for this lasagna. And in addition to that quantity, one and a half to two pounds, you'll need some neutral flavored oil for sauteing, either canola, avocado, grapeseed oil, one onion that's been peeled and diced small. That could be any onion, white, yellow, red, one bell pepper. That could be the color of your choice. I much prefer red bell pepper. I tend to think green has an overpowering flavor in marinara sauces, but whatever color you prefer, core that pepper and cut it into medium dice. Two to four garlic cloves, peeled and minced, depends on your preference for garlic. Salt to taste. Two 28-ounce cans of crushed tomatoes. Eight to 12 ounces of chicken broth or water. That's to ensure that this sauce is thin enough to really reconstitute those lasagna noodles. Again, one teaspoon fennel seeds, that's optional. Crushed red pepper to taste, that's also optional. And one nine ounce package no boil lasagna noodles layered with one pound ricotta cheese, one pound mozzarella cheese, and one to two ounces Parmesan cheese that's been grated. Start the sauce by placing a heavy bottom pot over medium high heat and then adding enough of that neutral flavored oil to coat the bottom. Add the one and a half to two pounds pork sausage and saute until cooked, stirring to break up the chunks. That takes about eight to 10 minutes. While the sausage cooks, saute the peeled and diced onion, as well as the cord and diced bell pepper and the peeled and minced garlic cloves in a separate pan in a tablespoon or two of oil until they're soft and that takes about five minutes. Season those aromatics with the salt to taste. When the sausage is cooked, drain off and discard any accumulated fat. Stir into the sausage pan the crushed tomatoes as well as those cooked onion, pepper, and garlic. Add the chicken stock or water, kind of eyeball this to start. It calls for a cup to a cup and a half, maybe air on the less liquidy side and just see how it looks. Again, you want it to be somewhat thin, but not so thin that you're losing the flavor of the tomatoes. 
season with salt and stir in the optional Italian seasoning, fennel seeds, and crushed red pepper. If you want to use those, simmer the sauce to blend all those flavors for 20 to 30 minutes. Now you're going to construct the lasagna. And that starts by ladling a thin layer of the sauce over the bottom of a 9 by 13 inch casserole dish. Lay the noodles over the sauce with the edges overlapping until you reach the end of the pan. Spoon blobs of the ricotta onto the noodles every couple of inches. It doesn't have to be perfectly uniformly spread out. Then sprinkle over some of the mozzarella. Ladle on more sauce to cover the entire surface. Repeat with another layer of noodles, ricotta, sauce. Cover the top layer with noodles, then mozzarella. Add the sauce to the top until it's coming up the pan's sides. Then sprinkle the Parmesan cheese over all of that. To bake, cover the lasagna with aluminum foil. That helps to ensure that all of this moisture really stays in the pan and is reconstituting those noodles as well. And it will just heat through a lot more quickly too. Slide it into the preheated 350 degree oven until the sauce is boiling and the noodles are cooked through. That takes about 45 minutes. Uncover for the last 10 minutes to brown the top and that cheese and then let the lasagna rest again for 10 to 15 minutes. You can wait that long before serving and you'll end up with a much nicer slice that looks great on the plate. And that makes eight to 10 servings of classic lasagna with Italian pork sausage. And that's posted to my blog, The Whole Dish on November 12th under the headline sausage laden sauce characterizes classic lasagna. Find more family favorite recipes and seasonal staples on my blog at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading the whole dish.